It's Positive Spark Plug time, and I'm your host, Candice, and I am fired up for you guys today. For the guest I have is Nicole Stout. She is a Team USA judo up-and-coming Olympian, and she lets us in on her training, her studies at Harvard, what she does to prepare for her matches, and so much more. Nicole's energy and and light is truly, truly just one of a kind, and I cannot, cannot believe that she accepted to be on my podcast and I'm just so pumped for you guys to just hear a little glimpse of her life, what she has done throughout the pandemic, how she had to get herself home, how she's been working and training, how she's been studying through Harvard. This girl is just truly unstoppable and all in in everything that she does and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. So let's get going. Hi, Nicole. How are you? Good. How are you? I am fantastic. I am so excited to have you on the Positive Spark Plug podcast. I only know a very little about you, and I learned that through your live with Todd Durkin. Mm-hmm. And, well, I just had to get you on the episode, on the podcast, because, well, you gifted me the win of a kind of bag during that live. So I was like, mm-hmm. ah! <laughs> um, I had an in. And then once I learned some of the phenomenal things that you are doing, I was like, I got to get this girl on. <laughs> I got to get her wisdom and insights and, and oh, energy cool. <laughs> on my episode, on my podcast. Oh, goodness. Pressure. <laughs> no, no. So how have you been today? I have been very good. We are nursing a, a sunburn, but it's all good. <laughs> oh, uh, I have the worst luck with sunburns. I have such fair skin. I will be like white to red to white. Like I don't get oh, that. Yeah. Like this is the darkest I'll get, and it's not even that dark. Yeah, I can be outside oh. with all my friends. Same amount of time as them. I come in, nothing's changed, or I've burnt. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. 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 There is. I wish nothing would change. Uh, I once sat in the shade for thirty minutes, and I, I burnt to a crisp. It's a problem. In the shade. <laughs> in the shade. Yeah. You think I was a ginger? oh man i know and it just feels like the sunscreen is not as strong as it used to be especially with the way the sun's going ah i i I mean i bathe in the stuff so (laughs) you know i i can't imagine what it'd look like if i didn't use it i suppose (laughs) wouldn't be moving a big old lobster oh yeah it would be very painful especially because i'm in a contact sport uh uh (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah that would not and, be good not and be teammates good. are particularly brutal with that as soon as they figure out uh you have a sunburn they everybody wants to slap your back and whatever <laughs> <laughs> they go right for it she's got oh, a, gonna burn oh, your yeah. leg right oh they're not they're, they're not kind in that regard not at all <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious all right well to keep this fun going my first mm. question 
since this pandemic has happened, just to keep things fun, mm -hmm. is what are your three favorite emojis or the emoji, the three emojis that best describe you and why? Mm. I use like the crying laughing face all the time okay. <laughs> uh, because I, mostly all of my online conversations that aren't business, I suppose, are all just sharing memes just straight up. <laughs> so the laughing emoji uh, constantly, um, gosh. I, I've been using a lot of like the strong arm kind of emoji, nice. uh, like, uh, like the motivational stuff that I do. Um, gosh, and probably the 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 third most one I use is like the two little pink hearts, you know, because you know with like the oh love, you know. So that that's probably my favorite. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I love it. I love it. So, one of the things that I loved and I heard about you that really caught my attention is you are working towards becoming a part of Team USA or are you a part of Team USA already? So I am a a part, I'm an athlete for Team USA. Okay. Um, when the USOC was sponsoring athletes, I was one of the athletes that was part of the Olympic hopeful USOC. The United States Olympic Committee has thrown money at me uh, in the past. That is so I am a part of Team USA. I've been on world teams. I've been on uh, Pan American teams and the like. So the goal right now is to try to make an Olympic team, which is a whole other process. <laughs> yes. So your sport is judo, mm -hmm. right? Yes. How did that come about? What, uh, what sparked your interest in judo? And when around did that happen? So... Um, <laughs> My parents always called me the contrarian uh, okay. because I have always felt like everybody around me would tell me, oh, you can't do a thing. And so me being the bullheaded person that I am would go, actually, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm going to be the best <laughs> at it regardless. So I was actually a, a high level uh, gymnast uh, up okay. until I was about 13. But, you know, when you're a teenager, especially a young teenager, trying to find your place in the world is quite scary and yeah. you don't really know what's happening and hormones and, 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 you know, I had a lot of uh, bullies and it wasn't even really, it was my teammates, but my coaches in particular in that sport were rather brutal. Um, and so facing things like uh, developing eating disorders and everything like as a young teenager was very difficult to get through. So eventually I, um finally let it go and this was after like years of dealing with it I finally let it go and I was like okay you know I grew up watching the Olympics I don't care what sport I'm yeah. gonna do I'm gonna make it one day that is that is my goal so yeah. I had a period of like a year where I was just trying every sport under the sun and I figured out outside sports not for me Fern real bad um <laughs> I tried other things. I tried ice skating. I was part of a football club. You know, <laughs> I, I tried so many things. Um, and so the one thing I hadn't tried um, was what my brother and my dad were doing at the time. Um, we lived in the middle of Norman, Oklahoma, so nowhere, middle of nowhere. Yeah. And randomly, there was a, an Olympic coach. He had been like a several-time Olympian, and he was running a club, a very large club in the middle of nowhere. And my dad loved him, 
He was the sun and stars to my dad. He just was like, oh my gosh, he's the greatest guy ever. Everything he says is Bible. Um, and my brother loved him. And so, and I, when I met him, I was like, I understand why. He's just like such a kind, loving person. His name is uh, Patrick Burris. And um, I remember I would visit all the time because the closest gym to me for my previous sport was four hours away in Texas. Oh my God. There was not a single rhythmic gym in the entirety of Oklahoma. So I would often use his club right before they started practice to be able to practice some of my routines. So I got to know him very well. And he was like another father figure to me. And he was just so kind. And he called me, you know, little princess because I had all these glittery costumes. And that was very much my thing. So I was also a ballerina. Um, And I remember I I came back from my very last competition in uh, gymnastics from Russia, and it had been a terrible experience. And I had sat down, and he was like, oh, how did it go? And I was like, oh, not good. (laughs) I was like, I kind of quit. Like, it was that bad. Um, And he was like, oh, so you're going to do judo? (laughs) And I was like, judo is definitely not my thing. I grew up doing gymnastics, ballet, rhythmic gymnastics. I tried to do ice skating. I was like, in what <laughs> planet am I going to do a fighting sport? That's crazy. <laughs> um, and he was like, no, no. He's like, you got to think about it. You'll have like a completely different background. You'll be able to approach it. And, and this is where he got me. He was like, and just think about it. You having a different bra- background? It means you'll just win more often. And I was like, oh, me? Win? Yes, that sounds like me. I was I like, am. I love that. Right. And I was like, cool. So I remember that very night, you know, I sat in my dad's car and I was oldest, so I get fourth seat. And yes. I turned and I said, hey, I want to do judo. And he turns to me and goes, no. And that immediately sold it. I was like, boom, I'm going to do judo. I don't care. I, I will do anything <laughs> it takes to do judo now. And so my mom at the time was still incredibly upset that I'd quit gymnastics. That was like her thing. Um, and we had been holding on to it for like years. So she was very upset with me. And now my dad was kind of not the happiest with me because now I was insisting on doing the one thing he asked me not to do. <laughs> and so, you know, he, he, he humored me a little bit and figured that I was not going to like the sport anyways, because it's nothing like I've ever done. And frankly, I didn't, I did not at all, but I did not tell him that, um, okay. cause I wanted to win in my head. So uh, he would make me come on the weekends to the club to do extra falls. And when you're first starting out, it's easy to forget now, but oh my gosh, they're so painful <laughs> taking Falling? all of those falls on the crash pad or even without on just like what's called a tatami, like the just slightly squishy floor was quite painful and difficult to learn. And he was like, okay, you can do judo, but you have to take a hundred extra falls on the weekend with me. And I was like, oh, okay. So I did that for a good few weeks. And then every after every practice, he, my dad would ask me, so do you want to quit yet? You want to quit? Are you doing, I, I, I was like, no, 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 this is, I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to make this work. <laughs> So I ended up competing within my first month of like trying it and it went really well. And I, and that kind of solidified it for me. I was like, okay, once I, once I could start winning, then I could start liking it for me and not just do it because I want to be the rebellious, you know, young Nicole. So that's how I got into it. It's an interesting, uh, (laughs) story. 
so I wanna I wanna ask you since transitioning in to to judo, what has that done um, for your confidence? Because you you mentioned a little bit about about bullying. How has that helped you endure that that kind of situation? Because by the sounds of it, you're kind of both sides, girl. Like you're you're a girly girl, but you're also like, don't fuck with me. I'm fierce. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I I didn't get to truly feel like the benefits of what the sport gave me in terms of like outside of like the technical skill okay uh, until I was an adult really um once I because I still found myself bullied in this sport as well but at that point it's just the par for the course and a part of that was because I was very small I was you know all of 70 pounds and I probably weighed four foot I'm sorry I probably was about four foot uh eight until okay. I was like 16 um and now much bigger <laughs> now you know five seven and I weigh 170 pounds so now I'm much bigger um and as a kid you you don't know how to deal with that and so you let people just kind of treat you as a doormat for a very long time um, so I didn't find that kind of confidence till I moved away from my parents. I moved 1200 miles away. Um, I, you know, completely, uh, was off any of, so like my parents will fund anything. Um, once I was forced to be an adult in the real world, I realized what a benefit judo was because judo is so much more than just a sport it's so much yeah. more than yeah i can kick butt which is a great piece it's it's a community as well so it's yes i can do this i can be a real adult in the world you know i can stand up for myself because i am a grown adult nobody yeah. can tell me what to do and yeah. if you try now i can kick your butt it's great <laughs> <laughs> yes that is amazing so <laughs> Growing up, you decided to start doing judo. Was that when you really kind of wanted to shoot for the Olympics? Was that like, this is my sport. I want to be in it. Or were you feeling that way with gymnastics as well? I, I felt that way with gymnastics. With pretty much every sport I tried. I The okay. goal was always Olympics. I've always been a very goal-oriented person, very competitive so I was never going to just do a sport for the funsies, you know, like if I was going to do a sport, I was going to be the best. Yes. My, you know, my, my mom always had an interesting saying that when you can choose to be whatever you want, as long as you're the best at it. Okay. And so, you know, cause my parents were also both incredibly competitive <laughs> people. Um, so a little bit of that got kind of instilled. And so I'm just like, I, you know, Whatever it is, I just want to make sure that I'm not, you know, lackadaisical and middle of the road because I'm not never, I'll never be satisfied with that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So let's, let's start talking about training. So you were saying the first little bit, I've only done, it was like a woman's self-defense class with mm -hmm. like judo in judo. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it is not fun um, getting tossed <laughs> around. Um, I'm no. sure I probably got tossed around by girls that really didn't know what they were doing, so it probably yeah. hurt a little bit more, but it yes. still wasn't fun. How did you transition your mindset from, like, ow, this isn't fun, to, like, yeah, 
I want to do this. Like, this is it. I'm going head on. And how do I start training for it? Mm. So um, I figured out as a whole, regardless of how used to taking falls you get, um, I've never been a person that likes training. I don't okay. like training. I don't like grinding. That burn in your muscle that means you're getting better. I don't like it. <laughs> it's really hard for me, you know, sometimes to find that motivation to keep going and not be like, oh, I'm tired. Okay, I'm going to stop. You know, it's really hard. But being super competitive helps in the sense of, you know, I'm training for a purpose. I'm not blindly training at the gym and just, oh, maybe I'll look nicer. Like, that isn't enough for me. I, yep. You know knowing that oh I have a competition in a month I gotta be you know prepped and ready to go that is enough for me to be like well I gotta drag my butt to the gym today otherwise I'm not gonna win so um, that is that is where the motivation comes from uh because otherwise I I wouldn't just be able to like drag myself to the gym every single day I wouldn't have a reason <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so who who along um the road of creating such success within your judo um, has helped you? What kind of mentors um, have you had and how have they impacted you? And why are mentors so important? Oh man, mentors are so important to, because you know, we're all human and unfortunately we're all fallible and we all get lazy. And yeah. I am a huge, uh, that is a very big weakness of mine is that if uh, you know, I'm either like really on top of it or I'm the laziest person in the world. You know, there's no in between for me. Um, and so my coach, uh, Jason Morris, who's a four-time Olympian and he has a silver Olympic medal. And he's the reason I moved to New York is to train with him. He's got one of the best clubs in the country. He is one of my favorite coaches I've ever had. And what's great is that he extends past the coaching, becomes a mentor because it's such a community type of um, relationship. And so yeah. he, you know is someone that I go to for a lot of advice and he, you know, helps coach me not only just through judo, but through life. And he helps me figure things out and, you know, cause figuring out how to adult is hard. And so you're yeah. like, how, you know, what, 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 how do I set up an LLC? You know? So he's, he's <laughs> a fantastic person to, to go to, you know, when you're trying to figure out hard stuff and, you know, he's, he's that adultier adult you need in your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm an adult per se legally, but I always need like the adultier adult in the room to be like, hey, do we all not know what's happening? Or are we just all faking it? <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one being real here and saying right. that I don't know what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like everyone knows what they're doing except for me. And I'm just wondering, are we all faking it or am I just confused? <laughs> Yeah. Do I have like a pair of blindfolds on that I'm not noticing? Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, Basically. So what are what are some of the lessons that he has taught you that you use maybe before you enter in on a like a, a battle, I would say, a wrestling, um, before training, maybe even just to get yourself motivated to go to the gym and maybe he's not there has he showed you or taught you anything that really has stuck that helps you you know get that drive that you might need i think uh one he has said several things but what i actually appreciate most is that he leads by example 
I've never not seen him at a practice. <laughs> and okay. part of that in my head is knowing that if I don't go to practice, he manages to make it practice. And he has a whole family. What? I don't have it. It's just me. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's that leading by example. And he also is a big proponent of um, always helping others. Uh, so we get involved in a lot of, like, uh, charity organizations where we, like, uh, camp abilities is something I normally do every summer. I think this summer will be an exception because of the whole pandemic. But generally, every single summer I've been here, um, we help. And it's this uh, group of uh, blind or disabled children that come and we teach them judo for a day, oh a God. couple of days. And they love it so much. And it's so fun to see them return. And they're oh. like, yes, I remember this from last time. And it's just, it's such a fun thing. And we do a whole bunch of things like that. And it's just oh my about- just filled. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's just really fun because he teaches us about not only helping the people within our community, but, you know, branching out and helping people within our town, our city, our district. So it's just, it's helping others is a big, big thing of his. Ah, oh, that's, I need to meet him. <laughs> I, uh, sure, I'd love that, to. <laughs> that, that just filled my heart so much because I, I went to uh, Fanshawe for um, a developmental service worker. Mm-hmm. And so I just, uh you you have such a special heart when when you're able to just open up that space and really just allow everybody and anybody in to just experience what you're experiencing but at their level and being mm-hmm. able to just want to meet them there and say hey let's work with this is just mm-hmm. ah my heart is so filled that is <laughs> That is amazing. And even like for you, like that's so fantastic that you guys do that. Ah, ah I'm so pumped. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to dive a little bit more into your training. What does a training day with you and him look like? So generally, I, I'll, I'll, pr- I'll pick out probably one of my, my busier days. So, okay. um, I'll probably wake up early in the morning and we have morning practice because we have practice twice a day. Um, and that runs from 10 a.m. to 12. Okay. Um, and that basically means you show up at the gym and we'll have, we'll partner up and normally in the morning we'll do like 120 throws each. And Ooh. so, and so it'll be 20 of like six different throws that he'll pick out based on what he either thinks we need to work on, or if we are, if we're close to competition, it'll be whatever we're best at. So that okay. we're just like, you know, the polishing the sword, as he says, you know, so, um, we do that. And then, um, uh, we'll either do sparring or we'll just do like even more throws kind of depending on the day. Um, and what his like aims are for that particular day, but it's pretty standard. Um, and then normally we'll go home. And then recently, me and my roommates, because um, how it kind of operates is it's a whole bunch of athletes that live in different houses. Okay. Um, so there's some athletes that live in his house, and the way it works is there's a, it's a three level house, and his family it's compl- he lives completely on the third level, and no one's allowed to go up there. Um, and then the second and the first level are where the athletes live (laughs) and so there's a whole bunch of athletes that live there and then I live in another house with um two other athletes um and so what we do 
uh, in that intermediary, intermediary period is we'll go and play either tennis or volleyball or like some kind of outdoor sport so that okay. we're doing something. Um, and then that'll be normally until about like two. And then we'll come home, eat. And then at that point, normally I go and weightlift at um, either my gym or because my gym's not going to be open until August. Um, I go into um, at Jason's house. He also has in his basement a full gym. So oh. I'll use that, which is super fun. Um, and then generally, if I didn't play like the tennis or whatever that day, I'll go and do a cardio as well. Okay. Um, and then I go home. I have like a really light dinner, and it has to be like super, super light. Otherwise, you're gonna feel terrible at practice. Then you head to practice. Practice runs from about six thirty to nine, and that is generally um, we do about a hundred more throws, and then we do um, a f like fifteen minutes of practice on the movements on the ground portion. Then we okay. do sparring on the ground, and then for the last half hour, 45 minutes, we do sparring standing up, so actual, like, judo fighting. Um, and then by, at that point, you're exhausted, and, yeah. you know, you drag yourself home, it's going to be about 9.30, and so at that point, we make ourselves a supper that's full of protein, um to hopefully you know recover for the next day and yeah i try to get to bed by 11 ish but if i'm stuck on my phone at midnight <laughs> <laughs> how many of those days would you have a week like how many of those intense days do you have about a week um i have three of those a week and then in between what is missing is um like the uh, weightlifting and cardio days I'll alternate. Okay. And then um, sometimes I can't make every single morning practice because I'll need to go to work or I'll have a class. Because, like, my summer classes, for example, are starting next week. So that yeah. generally will take the place of every other um, for the morning practices. Okay. Yeah. Um, with all this training, especially that intensive training, you, you dived a little bit in on your nutrition. Can you talk a little bit about how you nourish your body so that it's, you know, giving you the energy that it's needing and being able to replenish and build and, yeah. and grow? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, so on, on a regular, when I, during my competing cycle, I, I sit on a more uh, ketogenic diet just because okay. I, I like how that makes me feel when I compete, you know, that's uh, low carbohydrate, lots of veggies, lots, lots and lots and lots of protein, because when you're trying to build muscle, you don't, you need to be able to give it building blocks, right? Yeah. Um, right now, because I'm in the relatively rare training period where I'm not competing, um, what I do is I try to cut down on some of the body fat that I gain over competing and holidays and all of that because none of that the, the holidays and travel they do <laughs> not care about your ketogenic diet so you know uh you end up gaining a lot of weight over time and so i am working on now cutting it down so that it, the cycle starts anew basically and that looks like it's mostly i focus on um intermittent fasting which i really enjoy the, okay um I, I prefer the 18 and 6 
So you fast for eight hours. Most of those are sleeping anyway. And yep. then you eat for about six hours. Um, and I, just within that training period, I, I make sure that I'm getting a vegetable, a protein, and a carbohydrate. Um, and the carbohydrate, especially because we're just doing so much training during this point. Yeah, you couldn't do during competition season, so I you need you need a little bit of fuel. So I just keep it nice and balanced. Whatever I'm craving, I give myself as long as it's within that within those hours. Do you, you know? use any like uh, pre workouts like energy thing? I know you are sponsored through Carnison. Explain a little bit. Yes, so Carnison uh, is a beta alanine company, and what beta alanine is, is it binds with the natural histidine in your muscles and it blocks that uh, lactic acid you build up in your muscles. That's a burn that I don't like that I mentioned <laughs> earlier. Um, this helps prevent that. So it's been shown to have great effects on recovery and cardio, which I'm really, my cardio is garbage just naturally. I am all fast twitch muscles. So I can get really powerful really quickly, but boy, like any kind of like, I would never live to see a marathon. It just wouldn't happen. Not so, anything. you know, any little bit of cardio I can get is helpful. Um, so I supplement with um, SR Carnison, which just means sustained release, um, because I take so much of it that if I were to take regular Carnison, I would get, like, the minor side effect of you just kind of feel itchy. It's just like a okay, weird yeah. thing. But, uh, you know, so just <laughs> to prevent that, I just take the sustained release. Um, in terms of pre-workout, I've tried the uh, Carnison pre-workout, but to me, it was too strong. Oh, I yeah. Immediate, I'm very sensitive to, to caffeine, which is a good and bad thing. So if I have a cup of coffee with my homework, I'll bang it out. But <laughs> I remember trying the Carnison pre-workout, and it was so strong. I was like, jittery. <laughs> and just like, <laughs> I was like, and the thing is, I'm also like, I'm eight. Yeah, and I'm just super ADD, so that didn't help at all. So I was just like, oh my God, I can do bench press and then maybe I can do lift and then I can do this. And I was just, I was not super, I was not nearly as focused as I probably You're should like, have been. like, that's cool in the middle of the road. Which way do I, I go? Was. <laughs> I was basically, I was like, oh, I can, oh no, I'm going to, yeah. So I just, I'm not super, I'm not the most functional <laughs> on a whole bunch of caffeine and sugar. Um, oh, so I generally, uh, I don't even really like having Gatorades or anything during training. I just, any little bit of, um if I have too much Gatorade or anything or pre-workout I just kind of feel distractible and just ugh. um I just kind of supplement with um during practice because my blood sugar I tend to be hypoglycemic uh because for some reason my insulin likes to spike like too much um okay so I have like those diabetic sugar tablets and so yep. anytime I start to like kind of feel that hit during a practice I'll just uh uh, take one of those, let it dissolve while I'm doing my throws, and I'm all good. So that's, I, you know, very little sugar is needed to maintain <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I love yeah. it. And that, I believe, is probably why mm. I absolutely love your energy, because it's just so, like, authentic and, and raw <laughs> and beautiful. Like, it really is. So when you're off, so when you're off season, like, how does like a on season and off season work? Like what are the timelines and like, are you like on training or like, are you on training then competing or are you mixture of both and then you're off for a long time? 
So the on and off seasons aren't, there's not like a clear defined, not like wrestling or football. There's not like a clear defined kind of date set of dates. Okay. Um, it's just, there's competitions that happen all year round. Okay. Um, and so just kind of based on what you can pick and pay for and get yourself to. Um, generally what ends up happening for me is on season tends to be from September uh, October and then it'll calm down November December because we hit the holidays then it normally picks up again January February March April it'll calm down again um, May and like June a little bit and August so it's it's like two kind of distinct periods but the the August September October November those tend to be relatively heavy months it's just lighter this year because nothing is starting until September September yeah. um what what were some of your your thoughts um when all of this pandemic happened because did you have some fights planned did they get postponed did they get canceled how how was that yes. um when the news hit so uh it was February and March so peak you know, me traveling season, and the plan was I was going to be away for six weeks, travel, uh, traveling the whole time, uh, three different continents, and I was going to be competing every weekend. Um, so I got through about halfway, and I'm just blissfully aware of the world around me because, frankly, yeah. when you're traveling, you know, you don't have nearly as much at, uh, as much access to Wi-Fi and data and all that. Um, so I was just mostly focused on submitting my homework on time and getting ready to compete. So I, you know, I wasn't going to look at the news or, yep. ah, I didn't know. And frankly, everything looked very normal. So I didn't notice anything. So it wasn't until I was about to compete in my fourth competition in South America that all of a sudden we got two emails saying that the rest of our competitions were canceled oh. and to get out of the country as quickly as possible because you might get stuck. Now I was like, excuse me, I am in the middle of nowhere, Argentina. There is not a single direct flight out of here to be had. And also every flight is sold out now. What would you like me to do? <laughs> it was just, it, it wasn't, there was no kind of transition. It was just literally a bomb got dropped and figure it out. So was it just you or did you have anybody with you? Oh, it was me and I believe like, I think it was like eight other athletes. We oh all, I remember we immediately, I sent it to the group and called a meeting to my room. So everyone showed up and we all just discussed, okay, what are we going to do? And the thing is a lot of us don't have money to be able to drop on a plane ticket out of nowhere back to the States when you already paid, paid you, have yes. pay, you have to pay up front for everything. Um, so I spent like easily nine grand organizing the whole trip you know so it's hard to just come up with the minimum flight for like the worst possible flight that was left it was twelve hundred dollars oh my god so after you know everybody talking they were like maybe we should wait until we get more information some of us were like like me i was like no i think we need to get out because i'm seeing that the u.s is closing borders to asia they're closing borders to europe we're in south america i think we're next let's go yeah um, so, you know, it just became a whole flurry of disaster because you had people that had to call their parents for money, you had to call people that were calling their sponsors for money, people desperately trying to figure out, uh, call significant others, like, just, it was nuts. And wow. I happened to have 
enough to be able to get back to the States. I was lucky and had a little bit saved up. Um, so I had one literally for the next day. Next day I was out of there. Um, and it took me three days to get home because of how crappy the flight pattern was. <laughs> yeah, because I had to go from Bariloche to Mendoza, Mendoza to Santiago, Santiago to Panama, Panama to, uh, where was it? it was like Mexico City, Mexico City to uh, my, uh, middle of Miami, Florida, Miami, Florida to New York City. And then New York City I had to take a bus to Albany. Oh, mm, wow. Yeah, it was not pleasant. Well, it was like you were just like this in the circle. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Holy, wow. <laughs> so you get home. Mm-hmm. You be like, did your coaches have already, like, have they already gotten the news? They know what's happening. Yeah. Have they reached so out was... to you? Do you reach out to them? Oh, again, it was like, you know, it was like apocalypse movies where just things happen overnight. That's exactly what it was like. It was so weird on the first flight from the for- first short flight from Mendoza to Barilos, not a difference, but from, or was it Barilos? Barilos to Mendoza, my bad. Um, but after that, all of a sudden, every airport looked different. There were lines for everything. They were fever checking us at every gate. It you know, we had people swabbing us and we luckily, um, one of my friend's moms had thought ahead and actually sent us face masks. And my original, um, like, thought was, oh, what are these for? You know, ah, you know I don't need this. Um, but, you know, her husband's a doctor, so he was a little bit, you know, more aware of things than I was. Um, so it was just weird. Everything was completely different by the time we got back to the U.S. It was just, everything was Everyone was wearing masks all of a sudden. Everyone, there was hand sanitizer everywhere. People were fever checking. We had to sign documents saying that, yes, we're not sick, la, 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 all of this. And by the time I got home, everything was different. All the restaurants were closed. There was nobody on the road. It was so weird. Everything was (laughs) empty. All the bus lines were shut down. Uh, Nobody was working. Um, All of a sudden, all of us, most of us didn't have a job. Like, oh it, we were coming home to unemployment, and all everything closed, and, like, we're technically in our 15th week tomorrow of quarantine, yeah. you know, all of a sudden, we couldn't really leave our houses, and my coach is one of the people that are at risk, because um, he has diabetes, oh, so okay. we didn't get to see him for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, which was really weird, because we're used to seeing him every single day, so yeah. all of a sudden, we couldn't see him. We couldn't go to the gym. We couldn't train. It was just wildly different, the the world we came back to. Wow. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. So, obviously, all of the other um, either got canceled. Have mm-hmm. some of them been postponed? Do you see some, some fights in the future? Yes. So, for example, Nationals was supposed to happen a few weekends ago. It okay. got moved to November. Okay. Um, the official calendar for competitions is allegedly supposed to come out sometime this week. Uh, but it looks like, from what I can tell, <laughs> my first competition will be the very last weekend of September in Dominican Republic. So if that still happens, it'll be a short flight. Ooh, that's exciting. Dominican. Yeah. So I want to talk about your mindset mm-hmm. for judo. What are some of the things that you do to get your mind right 
for when you are just about to get on that turf with somebody? Like, what are you thinking? Like, what do you put in your brain? How do you get that thing moving and motivated to whoop some ants? So basically, it's all about preparation. What's nice about international matches is generally you know who you're fighting before you go out there. You don't have a lot of time, but you have 12 hours to figure out who you're fighting. And they'll generally have videos and things. So you you watch, you know, you watch it. You have your coach watch it. You have your teammate watch it. They give feedback, ideas. Oh, you know, she looks like she might be susceptible to this. So it's just all about preparation. And then in terms of, you know, game day, when you're walking out of the shoot and you're walking towards all the lights and there's like a camera in your face, which is very unnerving. And, you know, your coach is behind you and it's very, oh my God, the amount of adrenaline running is crazy. <laughs> and for some reason, my body's response to adrenaline is it makes my fingers and toes just numb. I can't feel them. Oh. I, also, I also have Renaud syndrome, which means, you know, in the cold, like my fingers get yellow and they're not, like yeah. the blood circulation is poor. For some reason, adrenaline like it's, triggers that. And so it's funny because if you can see me in the shoot or in some of my videos, you'll see I'm just slapping the crap <laughs> out of my fingers and I'll step on my own toes because it helps bring the feeling back. Because okay. the first grip up is so jarring and they don't warm up again until after the first exchange. And sometimes you don't make it past the first exchange and you can't feel your grip. So... You know, generally, I'm just focused on bringing feeling back into my fingers and my toes so that I'm prepared and then mentally just going through, you know, all the work I've done. You know, I've, I've dieted, I've trained, I made weight, I'm here, I'm ready. You know, all the money I've spent getting here, you know, just really focus on everything I've put into this moment and how I got to make it worth it. Yeah. So it's that's pretty much what the, my brain is going through is I'm like desperately trying to bring breathe life back into my fingers. <laughs> Do you have any like certain like I am statements or mantras that you use during that time just to kind of psych yourself up? Yeah, I, I was taught one when I first started judo by Patrick Burris um, when I was all of 14 years old. And he said he would ever, after every practice, he would make us sit down and close our eyes and we had to say, I'm a winner, I'm a champion, and I'm strong. And it was just, oh. you know, you 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 can do this basically. You know, yeah. you already you already won just showing up. And he he used to say that he would get almost offended and that the other person would even show up onto the mat to fight him. It was just such an interesting mindset of like, ah, I'm clearly the best here. Why bother? <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. That so. is awesome. Yeah. So what are, speaking of like mantras or I am statements, do you have anything or a couple of things that you are like statements for your routine or something that you have to have either for a competition, a day-to-day -day basis, or just overall? Like are, are there staples to who you are that are like every day I have to have this or this has got to be a part of my routine? Mm. I have, uh, so I have this app I really love, um, and it gives me motiv motivational statements, like, a few okay. times a day. It's fantastic. It just updates me on my phone, and it just goes ding, and it gives me statements based on what I want it to tell me. And I also, I'm obsessed with, like, calendars and whiteboards, and they're all over my room. It's a problem. Um, and generally, like, either a couple times a month or once a week on my whiteboard, I will write out a whole bunch of affirmations. 
you know, so okay. like every morning when I wake up, I look at them and right now it's, um, uh, you are and try to be a good person. You oh, deserve nice. to be happy. You work hard, like things like that, you know, so, you know, cause you have tr- bad trading days, some days, you're just like frustrated. Like, no, you're trying hard. You will get there. Of course, so, of course. Um, yeah. I, I, so, there was a, yeah. <laughs> so along with you working towards becoming a, like an Olympic athlete, was that in sight for this year coming up? Like, were you in talks? Because, like, Olymp- wasn't there an Olympics that got postponed or canceled? Yes. Was, were you in there? Were you on your way towards that? Was there a talk about it? So what's what's interesting about judo is you don't know if you've made the team until like right before the Olympics happen. Oh. Um, so unfortunately, like the team was never called for this uh, year's and it got moved to next year. So we won't know until like next June <laughs> and I haven't even oh, announced wow, the right? exact date yet. So at the end of the day, I will have a better chance of making it for next year than I will for this year. And because I am considered young in the sport, because the average age for women competing in the Olympics in my sport is about 27. Okay. So being 23, I have, as they say, a couple more cycles left in me. So I am currently, you know, it's it's in the back of my head of, oh, yes, you're trying to make 2020. But if you don't, that's fine, because you're going to go for 2024 and 2028, because, you know, yes. <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. Why do you know why they do that? Like, why do they wait so last minute? Because like, of the know? way, yeah, because it's the way the qualification works is based on points. So it's not like, oh, you show up to a competition, you win the trial, you make it. If it was that simple, it used to be that simple, but it's not so much anymore. So now you have to be within a certain ranking in the world, and you can only get those rankings via points, and you get those points based on how you do in international competitions. So the more competitions you can attend, and the better you do, the more points. And the better everyone else does, the more points they have as well. So it just it ends up messing with the, the point system. And so they kind of let it all play out until right before the Olympics to really determine who's the best right before. That makes okay. sense. <laughs> now with that, to get points, like, is it legitimately just like, okay, I see there's a fight here internationally, internationally here. I can make both, so I go? Or do you have to have, like, a time off between fights? Like, are they mandatory? Or is it kind of like, oh, hey, there's... you're good to fight, fight? Oh, yeah, it, it's completely optional. It just depends okay. on the person. Some some people, if especially if they cut a lot of weight, have a di- yep. more difficult time turning around, being able to compete every single weekend like I had tried to do um but you know uh I it's not fun to compete every weekend it's quite difficult especially if uh they're in wildly different countries because the 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 stress of travel and you're not on your regular diet and you can't really train properly in between so it's just kind of weighing it out you know if if you can or if you can't I generally try to I'm like if I'm already over there I may as well try to hit everything type of mentality (laughs) but some people can't do that and some people have like actual real adult jobs so they actually have to come home and work those and they can only compete so often so it it, that's super variable via person okay yeah so speaking of all that you're doing traveling 
You also said that you work. Where are you working right now? And you're a student at Harvard. Yes. Not yes. just a student, a student at Harvard. Yes. <laughs> so where are you working and what are you going to Harvard for? Explain, because like... <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> So currently, um, I have like a super part-time job at uh, CVS. So I'm a pharmacy technician. Okay. And basically, I organize, count, sell drugs. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's just a fantastic part-time job because he barely expects me to work, which is great. Um, and anytime I need time off, my boss is fantastic. He's like, yeah, go. It's cool. Oh, so perfect. I'm not trying to work a whole bunch because I'm doing so much. Yeah. So, you know, just to, I, I'm like basically the unofficial floater. They call okay. in and are like, hey, Susan is sick. Do you want to work? And I'll, I could be like, yeah, sure. Let's go. Money. So that's, that's basically how that works. It's very, very part time. Um, And then school, uh, I'm finally in my senior year. So I'm very excited. I get to graduate uh, next May. And <sighs> yeah, it, it's a, it's a BA. And then I'll be looking at a master's in journalism somewhere. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So, oh my God. So I want to go back. So you're doing ju judo. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you had to have some sort of career alongside of it, just in case something's happened, injuries, all of those sorts. <laughs> What made you dive into like getting a BA in like journaling? What like what provoked you to go there? And did you apply for a lot of different like colleges and universities, uh, or did you like have that go get a mindset that I know you have in like Harvard? Yeah, that's it. I'm going for it. So I actually originally wanted to go to culinary school. Okay. Um, and they gave me, and I went to culinary school, just um, non-credit type of stuff for several years in high school. But the thing is, because I was homeschooled, the culinary schools ended up, that I was trying to apply to, ended up being not very nice and didn't oh. really want to take me and were going to make me jump through a ton of hoops in order to be able to even apply. Um, which I was like, for culinary school, really? Yeah. And so I kind of had a career decision at that point where I was like, well, I don't, I, it, it's kind of like, well, if they don't want me, I don't want them type of mentality. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, um, and I, I was also in the mindset back then when I was a young, young woman, um, <laughs> <laughs> that I was not really looking forward to a regular, uh, university because I was not, you know, the horror stories of student loans were a big thing particularly back then. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to apply to one university and see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's what I did. Yeah. So I, apl I applied to Harvard because I was like, well, if I'm going to go to a school, I'm going to go to the best school. Yeah, <laughs> I knew so, it. I knew I had a feeling that when you were going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> It's that, oh, it's this, yeah. that attitude and energy. I just, I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. That's, and of course, they probably got your application and was like, get this girl here now. <laughs> well, I got to hear back and I was like, so happy. I was like, oh, this is great. And what's amazing with them is that they were totally willing to let me take uh, a majority of online classes and they've been super flexible and 
uh, they, they've been so accommodating considering that they don't really need to be. Uh, so I, I have absolutely loved my time at uh, Harvard and what, what little is left of it. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I want to ask you a question. What are some of the things being a student in Harvard have you transitioned into your judo career and what has being in judo helped you bring into your academic career um so judo has affected my academic career in the sense of i, I probably take it more seriously if that makes sense you know when you're uh especially like a freshman you, you, yeah. you know it the, the serious of it all doesn't necessarily ring home uh how lucky you are to be able to study isn't always there you're just kind of yep. focusing on oh it's all new and fun and yay and ugh, homework that sucks you know yeah. so it, it you know the serious the, the seriousness ramping up in my judo career kind of brought that perspective over to my school and how more seriously i had to take it and how i, I became more focused on oh i actually have to choose a major at some point that'd be nice um, you know, and, and, and bringing some focus into, oh my gosh, this is going to be like my career for the rest of my life. I need to focus on what I want to do. I don't have no idea. Yeah. Um, and then Harvard over into judo, um, because it's been so flexible and accommodating. And what's nice is I've ended up having a lot in common with like some of the referees. They've been like, oh yeah, I went to Harvard law school. You're like, really? That's crazy. Um, and you know, it, it just opened up so many interesting connections and, um, it also, because it's, it was so accommodating, it just kind of taught you just to kind of go with the flow of things, flow of things, you know? So it was like, ah, well, you know, if, if Harvard can figure out how to accommodate me, I can figure out how to accommodate life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, so with with harvard um and judo um you're in the midst so how do you like how do you get yourself so that it's like okay here's a bunch of school i gotta get this done but here's a bunch of training that i have to do i have to get this done how do you prioritize the two and like make it work Ah. Uh. Well, I'd like to say that I don't procrastinate, but I definitely do. So, uh, generally, as I said, I have an obsession with calendars. Yes. Like, there's calendars littered all over the house, and they're all mine. And I'm the only one that uses them, even though I've told everybody else. I'm like, no, look, it's on the calendar. Nobody cares. It's just me. Uh, I'm like this manic person with calendars. It's like, it's on the calendar. Just look. See, we have all these things coming up. They're like, I don't, I don't look. I don't care. I'm like, how? It's on the fridge. I don't understand. Um. <laughs> Like, I love, like, lists and planning. Oh, man, I will do that all day. Um, okay. <laughs> so, basically, it's pretty much, I, I always make it very visual. You know, I, what I can't change is the times training is at. What I, you know, what I can change is when I do my homework. So, training okay. takes priority in the sense of I, unless it's a live class, then that also has time. That's different. Yeah. Um, so, I always try to choose classes that are in between training times. Okay. And if not, then I try to make it so it's during the morning practices, so it's not during the evening, because I think that evenings are more important because it actually has that live sparring aspect. Okay. Um, so, and then in terms of actual homework, 
that is just it literally is fit into wherever it can squish into and generally the very last day i can do it <laughs> because that's generally <laughs> how i operate to be fair um so i'll normally have big you know uh notices on the day before it's due that i have to do it that day so i think it's due that day oh kick yourself yeah, because printers smell fear, so you got to give yourself a little bit of buffer. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's, that's yeah. a good Actually, I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's so I guess idea. I always, that's a good tip. I always I'm put it in the... That. That's hilarious. Yeah, so I basically just put it in the day before, so I'm like, oh, the press, uh, procrastination adrenaline kicks in, I actually do it, and then if not, it's not the end of the world, because I have tomorrow. <laughs> yeah that's amazing yeah so you're finishing up your ba and then you're going into journaling yes what sparks your interest about journaling and like are you wanting to write about a certain topic or like do you have kind of just like a freestyle writing what are you wanting to tackle so i i've been trying to figure out how to marry a lot of the things that i enjoy and one of the things I really enjoy is um, I had originally been a computer science major because I really enjoyed like graphic design and, you know, creating posters and, and, and uh, digital kind of media. Um, but I was trying to figure out because I was like, well, most anyone can do that nowadays <laughs> and they definitely don't want to pay me. So <laughs> I was like, how do I marry what I like to do? And it was actually with working with Carnison, I figured out that it was journalism I liked because you know, they suggested, oh, you should have a blog on your website and you can write about, you know, your experiences in judo and all of this. Um, and so that um, coupled with being able to make it look nice with like digital media and create posters and all this. And I, you know, it actually was my roommate that was like, well, why don't you just do journalism? Because that's just, And I was sitting there and I was like, oh, my gosh, he's so right. That's yeah. literally online media and writing and, and, and digital design. That's all journalism nowadays. It's, it's, it's become this more, as it's modernized, it's become this thing that's very me. So I was like, oh my gosh, yes, that sounds amazing. So I have since finally declared a major and I'm already looking into graduate schools all over the place um, and applying to all the internships I can think of. Because nice. I also happen to have like relevant experience in um, as a stagehand, so I was part of um, New York's Union 14, uh, in which we like set up stages and take down stages for like Ariana Grande or whatever. Oh um, yeah, and so it'll be like whoever's in town visiting, I would help set up the stage. I was mostly like the electric audio person, and so okay. I would help. But that, you know, is fantastic when you're interning for, so there's an internship of trying to get, that's with like Fox News, and you would be helping Fox with their like live news stages and stuff. And I was like, okay, come on experience, come on resume skills. Oh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. I, that's basically I have the goal. no doubt with the amount of energy and passion and, and, and persistent attitude that you have, you will be in that intern with Fox News. I, oh, I, I don't so. I don't doubt it. I do not doubt it. Especially if they even get like a glimpse of like a video or an audio or even just like your website. They'll be like, where's that girl's application? Where is it? Oh, I wish. Let's get her in. I hope. Oh, yeah. It's hard to translate that on paper. <laughs> they would be lucky to have you. Aww. For sure. So... 
after hopefully let's say we get into fox news Mm-hmm. and journaling school has happened are you wanting to get into a certain place are you wanting to kind of just do your own journaling travel are you wanting to maybe journal about judo what is what is your future of journaling look like yeah basically i'm gonna um focus on graduating uh in this winter slash early i'm gonna be applying to several different schools for the first time that'll be weird um, also, it's really expensive to apply to lots of different schools. I was looking at some of the fees. That's like, ridiculous. But um, I'm looking at schools. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And um, you, it's all these journalism programs. And I'm just looking at the ones that offer, like, ones with, like, lots of online classes so that it's still flexible. Um, yep. Right now, I'm looking at NYU, uh, Emerson, and uh, University of Nebraska. Those are the three I'm looking at right now. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna apply to those. Hopefully I can tack on some nice things before I have to submit the resume. And if I were to not get in, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, which is just blogging about judo and then uh, continuing to take, you know, things I find interesting here and there and then apply uh, somewhere else or the same places because they're not gonna say no. <laughs> no, no. <Yeah. laughs> if, they, if the applications keep coming in, they're just gonna yeah. be like, "This girl is determined to be here." Like, yeah, let's, I was, yeah. <laughs> let's make it happen. Sure, I don't. People, people feel that energy, especially if if you're going above and beyond what what the normal people would do to yeah. try and get something. So, you got your schooling and mm-hmm. your judo. Mm-hmm. What about you? What is Nicole without those two? Who are you? What are some of the things that you enjoy doing? How do you spend your free time if there is any? And what are some of your interesting hobbies? Um, I don't have a lot of time for interests and hobbies, but um, about three times a year, I make very large meals for holidays. Okay. And that's always very fun. It's an all-day affair. I always take off the entire day. Um, and so that's, uh, Thanksgiving, um, Passover, and, um, Sukkot, um, and so it just involves, like, eight hours of me just pouring, uh, a lot, like, $300, and just, like, so much time and effort into making this whole thing, but it's so worth it every time, because I invite my entire club over Okay, nice! food and it's just and I always make it look really pretty and it's gorgeous spread and, and everyone's like oh it's so tasty I'm like huh that's right yes tell me how delicious it is I've had so much time so that's very fun um the little bit of off time I have is generally either spent you know playing some video games or I, I have played violin since I was like six so <laughs> Violin, that's yeah. fun. I like to pretend that I know how to play guitar. I don't. I know some of the notes, but I can't yeah. transition this and switching notes at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, eh, stop, switch note. <laughs> so because of that, I just put on my country station, put yeah. on my guitar, and just pretend that it's me. <laughs> See. That, and that, rock out and give my dogs the country show, and they're just looking at me oh. like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> oh, no, they love it. 
they're good boys. <laughs> oh yeah, I have one picture of my dog Rosie, like giving me that like love. Oh. I'm like coming up to her with my guitar, oh, that's great. and she's like, "What are you doing?" Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Oh yes. Um, violin. So, oh, I'm so just astonished by you right now. I'm <laughs> trying to just take it all in. So what are you, what are you foreseeing um, with 2021 Olympics? Like, are you putting yourself there? Like, are you visioning yourself there in it? Like when it starts, like you getting that call? For, for me, it, it's kind of my, my, my brain when things are kind of out of my control just yeah. focuses on the future so okay. it's kind of like you know this cycle in particular is going to be very difficult for people on our side of the world um on this western hemisphere because we're opening a lot later than the other side of the world so they will yeah. have that advantage um and we already have a disadvantage in comparison to that side of the world in terms of judo we're statistically our results are not quite as good um okay. so it's kind of you know for me it's like well I'm going to make myself as prepared as possible for when tournaments start up again I'm going to blow as much money as I can into competing as much as I can I will give myself the best shot I can okay and whatever happens happens I will know I have done my best and I will be very prepared for the next cycle <laughs> because those points carry over into the next year and it all snowballs so you know if not this one then the next one for sure <laughs> one I, I just have a couple more questions for you um what does the word resilient mean to you because you probably have had to be pretty resilient within your your schooling and all that has happened throughout your judo career what does that word mean to you? That means resilience in a person means you have a great support system because one person cannot do it all. I have tried. I promise. I try. <laughs> I always do this. I'm like, I'm going to do absolutely everything and more and it is not possible. And I have had my fair share of the breakdowns and that, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. And I just want to stop. And, you know, it's just who you surround yourself with is super important. And I am forever grateful that I have such supportive people, you know, around me. I have my teammates. I have my coach. I got therapists. You know, I have I have so many amazing people surrounding me that help prop me up when I can't. Oh, I like that. That is the first time I heard a, a definition of resilience that way and I really like that because oh. <laughs> it really takes away from I want to say like the selfishness that comes about sometimes with the I have to do it on my own mm -hmm. and that's the only mm -hmm. way it will happen is if I just shrug through this and just put my head mm -hmm. down and really just being able to just ask for help and mm -hmm. and say hey guys i need your support right now i need you guys to you know help lift me up to the next platform and, you know just put me on mm -hmm. my feet is very yeah you just switched my perspective on that <laughs> i really like that i like that a lot oh. um my final question for you 
is what is your perspective on positivity? Oh man, it's sometimes difficult to maintain, but it is absolutely essential because being negative in your life is a death sentence. I think, you know, having a positive, even if you don't believe it, just as trying to see the positive in everything can change how you see everything. And it can just give you that little bit of motivation you needed maybe in order to get out of a tight spot. You know, uh, you might be having a bad day and the, 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 what you want to do is be like, oh, everything is terrible. I'm doing terrible today. La la. You just want to drown in that kind of ne negativity and, you know, forcing yourself to, to say, well, at least I got a good night's sleep. You know, oh, well, at least I went to practice today. Oh, well, you know, at least seeing that little bit of positive in everything will help you be continue to go forwards. I like that. And I, you just, so I'm listening to Kevin Hart's newest book, The Decision, and he's kind of come up with like funny words and you just said one and it's like, oh my God, it's kind of like a, what is them? Like you just, what I can, like I just, what is, what is, yeah. is going to happen and, and to put myself in that positivity just and just keep doing it and putting it myself there mm -hmm. is what's going to make it happen is what's mm -hmm. going to bring it forward i like yeah, that and, and then they show really neat studies that prove that this works like even like i have issues with insomnia sometimes um uh, but you just wake up every morning and you say with complete confidence i had a good night's sleep and you will function 10 times better for the rest of the day. I promise. <laughs> so everyone, hear that? I had a good night's sleep. When you wake up, let's start our day off by telling ourselves what we want our day to be like mm -hmm. and how we want to feel. That's amazing. Well, I cannot thank you enough, Nicole, for joining me on the Positive Spark Plug podcast. You are truly such a light of just positive energy and enthusiasm oh. <laughs> and I just I was so ecstatic when you accepted my request and I just can't thank you enough for all that you do to just make this world a better place because you might know it but you truly are making an impact in whoever gets to even get a small tidbit of who you are and the energy oh. you, you give out so oh. thank you so very much you have a huge fan in me. I'm going to be continuously watching your journey, cheering you on, putting all of the energy I can into getting you on that USA Olympic team. And I just thank you, thank you, thank you. I truly appreciate you. Oh, this is oh my gosh, this is like I'm trying not to cry. Oh, that was so sweet. I was I was super excited when you asked me. I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. I was like, everybody needs to get out of the house. I need good internet. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, thank you so very much. I truly appreciate you giving me your time and that energy. Um, and thank you once again for uh, choosing me as the winner for Carnison Swag Bag on Todd Durkin's Live. Uh, very <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> and I can't oh. wait to tag you guys all in it. Of course. I and and thank you for having me. I super appreciate that uh you thought of me when uh uh you were doing your podcast episodes and I am always happy to join in and uh, 
spread a little bit more information about women in martial arts because it's so often overlooked. We can do anything. <laughs> yes, 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 we certainly can. My dad used to always say, old school thinking that the guys and girls, my dad used to always tell me, I used to always think, you know, guys and girls were a little bit different. And then I had you and you blew that thought right out of the water. <laughs> you can do anything a guy can. That's awesome. That's a good dad. So I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. And we will certainly be in touch. Awesome. Stay safe. Yes, and you as well. Thank and you. Keep training. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Well, my friends, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that episode because that was just such a fantastic time recording with her. And I truly hope you guys got some value, some insight, some inspiration from her because I certainly did while recording. Her energy is just fire. And if you guys liked today's episode, please share it with a friend, share it with us on the socials, tag us in Instagram at Sparkplug Wellness and at Nicole Stout Judo. Let us know what you guys think and please rate and review the podcast. It truly helps get the value of my guest out there to many other people to many other people as well as it lets me know if I'm on the right track of providing serious service to my listeners because that's what I want to do. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Let us know what you guys think and once again it is now time to go out and do something positive and be positive.